Thank you so much for joining me today, Amber. I am so excited to have you here. I'm obsessed with the source and everything you're doing there. I would love to get started by sharing a bit about your journey into becoming a chef. Sure. Yes. Thank you for having me on. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so since I was a little girl, I've always known that I wanted to be in the kitchen and that I wanted to be a chef. So I... After I got my bachelor's degree in hotel restaurant management from Auburn. And after that, I migrated to Colorado to find a chef to apprentice under. And I got to Colorado and found a Southern Italian um, restaurant. And they took me on as basically a prep cook. And I kind of went out there actually looking for like a vegan raw culinary school. I really didn't, I was kind of lost and confused, but I knew I wanted to be in the kitchen. And then I found this Italian restaurant and completely changed my life. But I had been cooking in the kitchen since I was eight. And I've always like had it in my, in my soul that I wanted to be a chef. I love that. And when you got there, was it what you expected it would be like in the kitchen? No, I actually had no idea because I've been in the restaurant business my whole entire life. So like, since I could work at the age of 14 and a half, 15, I was, I was a busser scooping ice cream, working at pizza places, yogurt places. I've been a busser, a hostess, a mostly front of the house stuff. Then I was a manager. And so when I got there, I was put in the kitchen and it was all male Italian kitchen. They paid me like $5 an hour and half the people spoke English, half the people spoke Italian. And it was very hard. And it was, I had no idea it was what I was getting myself into. I was a total baby. Um, I was 21. I, yeah, I had no idea. So I started chopping and peeling garlic and chopping onions and worked 50 to 60 hours a week. And it was very, very hard. (laughs) I was put every day. (laughs) I think I cried every day. Yeah, it was just like the movies, the restaurant business. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I stuck it out because I wanted what my chef had. Like, I was like, I want that. What was it about the, what the chef had that you saw that you really wanted? Okay, I really wanted his creativity. I wanted to be able to create dishes like that so quickly. I wanted to be able to make a memorable dish for someone because people and talk about the dish my chef, has, my chef created for days and weeks and talk about it. I was like, I want to make that impact in someone's life. (laughs) I love that. How did you end up making your way to California? So I apprenticed at the restaurant for a couple years in Colorado. And then one day my chef came to me and said, hello, Bella, would you like to move to Los Angeles to open up a, a Mediterranean restaurant? And I was like, I don't know. He was like, well, you have two weeks to decide. So of course I said, yes, I was terrified. I was still like kind of a baby in the kitchen. I had no idea. And I moved here 23 years ago to open up a restaurant that's now closed called Mediterraneo. And it was on the pier of Hermosa Beach. And I was basically thrown in there working 80 hours a week. It was basically like sink or swim time. And I was the executive chef and operated the restaurant with my general manager for 10 years. So that is how I migrated out here. Yes. Yes. And for anyone who lives in the South Bay, loves Mediterraneo, has been there several times. It was my husband and I, one of our favorite restaurants. So I loved it there. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so how did you end up going from Mediterraneo to opening the source? Yeah, so that's um, a pretty big story, but I'll give you just a small little synopsis of it. Basically, what happened was I had a health crash and I had hit one of my rock bottoms of many rock bottoms in my life. And I was overworking. I was 
80 hours a week. I had zero work-life balance. I was over drinking too much caffeine, too much alcohol, partying. I wasn't fueling my body with the right food. In fact, part of my story too is, yes, God granted me this amazing gift of of having passion and a love, deep love for food. But I also struggled with um, about 30 years of disordered eating, of binging and restricting and compulsive dieting and starving myself and compulsive exercising. And the list is long. I could talk for hours about it. And so when I had hit my rock bottom, I was overweight and inflamed. My body was in a lot of pain. I had brain fog. My adrenals were out. I had chronic fatigue. I had a little bit of some memory loss. I was overweight. I was just overall really, really depressed and unhappy. And I was like, I can't go on like this. And I, plus I was starting to lose my passion for the type of food I was cooking. I started to dip my toe in kind of like superfoods and trying to figure out what to do to heal my body. And so from that rock bottom, I ended up opening up the Source Cafe from my desperation to feel better in my body. And I knew that if I had a need to heal my body with the healing properties of food and start to create a healthy relationship with food, I knew there was a demand in the South Bay also. And everyone was like, no, don't do it. It's risky. Don't open up your own restaurant. Restaurants fail and nobody wants health food. And I was like, okay, y'all. And I did it. And that was 11 years ago. And that's a very short story on how I opened up the source, but it was because of my drive of wanting to feel better and heal my body. Yes. Yes. I totally understand that. And where, where were like the first places you started with trying to get healthy again? If you can look back, was there a first few steps that really helped you? Oh, wow. I mean, well, first of all, I had to get control of my disordered eating because that was like consuming my life and binging and restricting and starving myself and compulsively dieting it's impossible to nourish my body when I'm stuck in that cycle. So first I, I mean, part of my story is I had a spiritual awakening at the time of my rock bottom. And that was for me, one of the biggest milestones. Also what helped me open up the source cafe, because I started really doing meditation and breath work and calling in spirit or God or whatever your word is. I use those two words interchangeably, but I knew I couldn't do life alone anymore. And so from that place, my first desire was like, I want to heal my relationship with food, but I had to lean into deep surrender and acceptance for myself. And so it was pretty much from there, I started to create some uh, relationships with mentors and therapists and self-love practices where then I was able to love myself to make healthy healing relationship with food and stop this, the binging and purging cycle. So that was my first step in getting healthy. And then from there, I started to look at gut health and turmeric and started to make bone broth and incorporate spirulina and chlorella and different supplements into my body that I knew I had been depleted on um, that would help bring back my you know, I wanted an abundant energy and a pain-free body and a clear mind. So that was like my second goal and a healthy gut. Yeah. I love that. And I think a lot of people can relate to those struggles. And I'm just curious, uh, there's been a lot of talk in the wellness space because I think some people, when you are getting healthy, you try to do all the things where it can almost become obsessive into getting into the wellness stuff. So what do you recommend as far as that with getting healthy, but not getting so obsessed with you at the every a hundred percent clean and a hundred percent correct of everything. That's a great question because for me, when I started my journey and after I stopped my, 
my cycle of disordered eating, I got a little bit obsessed. It's with a hundred percent clean all the time as I was kind of healing that because I was so terrified of like all the other GMO and non-organic ingredients. And that can be really debilitating and actually cause quite um, a mental sickness to an obsession. So some tips for that is First of all, everyone's body is totally different. So I'll post something on Instagram and somebody will say, oh, chef, I'm going to try that. And I was like, well, try it. But like, you need to ask your body if it's right for you. It might not be right for you. So there's so many fads and wellness ideas and from intermittent fasting to, I mean, there's hundreds of them, but it's really starting to tune in and take what works for you. And no, for me, I live by like the 75, 25% rule, right? Like I believe that the best way to take care of our health is to prepare our food at home. But also when you go out to eat, you can start to be a little bit more mindful and aware of the quality of the ingredients of what you're eating and what you're putting in your body, but then go out and have fun. Like have some French fries, like, and you're not going to die, right? Bless the food and like, take it easy while you're taking your other enzymes or maybe some charcoal. And so it's, it's finding that balance and not putting yourself in a box of being of such a perfectionist in wellness, because I coach a lot of women that are stuck in that right now. And it's a hard thing. It's, it's a form of an eating disorder, right? Or Mm -hmm. eating, right? Of Oh, if I eat one thing, that's not quote unquote organic or perfect, then I'm going to get sick or I'm going to get fat or I'm going to be unhealthy. And that's just not, that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think I've in the past, I've done something where I will eat really healthy for a while and then I'll have like a bad day where I eat a lot of junk. And then it's hard to get yourself sometimes back into the clean eating. But I think just reminding yourself like, okay, we had this meal and it was great and just moving forward and not having to be a perfectionist. Yeah. It's really not labeling because I used to be the good, the good day and the bad day. Oh, I had a day of eating. Now it's just, you know, I wanted to go out and have French fries with my nephew right? My nephews, right? And maybe French fries aren't quote unquote a health food, but I don't eat French fries every day or every week. It's not a bad food. We can't overly moralize food, right? And so when we start to let go of perfectionism and moralizing food, it'd be like, cool, I had that. Now tomorrow I get to eat this and that and other. But the other thing, Tiffany, that really helped me is like, once you get clean and you realize how good you feel from taking care of your body, when you start to go out and you start to eat those quote unquote foods that are bad that we've labeled bad it's they're not they kind of lose their sexiness or temptation because then you realize how bad you feel when you eat them and then you can start to tune in to your to your body and thank goodness the right now there's so many different substitutes for food like you can find clean ice cream and and french fries and you know and burgers i mean you can go and find a burger that's like the bread is like organic and it's pasture raised grass-fed meat and what what have you yeah yeah, I think that's a great tip too. just looking when you want those foods, maybe you're craving a hamburger, just cleaner ingredients or things like that could be really helpful. Yeah, for sure. I would love to talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. I, I think there must have been a big change from going from being a chef to being um, a business owner. And I was wondering if you would share some of the challenges or surprises that have come up along the way of opening your business. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been um, a journey, (laughs) lots of falling on my face. I mean, thank goodness for my 10 years at Metatronio that, yeah, I did not own it at all, but my general manager and I were in charge. We were in charge of everything um, to keep that restaurant up and running. So in terms of like the numbers and stuff, I already, I had, I was really well-versed and confident in that, but 
opening up source was, yeah, I mean, I didn't know about creating a DBA and an LLC and all these bits. And honestly, I flew by the seat of my pants and asked a lot of questions. And I surrounded myself with a lot of mentors and people that have already done it. And honestly, from opening up businesses, because I've opened up quite a few restaurants now, you just have to do it and fall on your face and learn from your mistake. It's yes, there you can be they can be looked at at failures, but mistakes and failures or whatever you want to call them are like the best gifts in life. And I've had millions of them. And I fall down and I'm like, okay, cool. Let me what did I learn from this experience? (laughs) Okay, that does not work and you just try something else and I would I had such a drive to make source work and I do believe with like starting your own business and wanting to take you know new risk and new entrepreneurs that are listening like for me it had to be it came from my soul I believe it has to really come from your heart and soul you have to really really believe in it really visualize your mission and then just go with it because there's going to be so much fear you know, fear is always the one thing with starting new businesses that, that can hold us back. And it did a little bit of fear. Oh, I shouldn't do that. Or what happens if I don't have enough staffing and really getting through that and like sticking to what you know is in your heart that, you know, um, you're going to be okay. So a lot of like faith and spirituality and practices came into like opening up the source. Um, and a lot of just winging it, honestly, (laughs) and learning painfully, learning painfully. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a great tip because I think so many times when we open a business, we don't even know what challenges come before no. us until we're in them. So it's hard to plan for something. You have no idea. You really have no idea. And it's like, oh, oops, this is happening now. Cool. Okay. I had no idea. And so you roll with it. You call, you, maybe you surround yourself with someone else that's already been through it, or you just learn from your mistake and then you do it better the next time. Yeah. I heard someone say once, I think it's true with entrepreneurship. It's just learning how to fail every day, basically, because a new, a new challenge keeps coming right up. There it is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so how did you really spread the word about the source when you first opened? Did you have a lot of community excited about the project from day one? Or how did you build up that excitement around the source? Yeah, so good question. So I was actually really blessed because Metatronio, those people that are listening that don't know the area is like literally like, I don't know, a hat, like two blocks, six blocks up. So Metatronio was at the bottom of the pier, Source was at the top of the pier. So I had a very, very loyal client base that followed me at Metatronio when everyone knew that I was quitting and opening up my own restaurant. I mean, I got a lot of support from the community, a ton of support. And so that was, that was a blessing. And honestly, I was busy right off the bat, which is not very normal for a new restaurant. So I was lucky that I was already a well, a chef in the South Bay and people were very excited to try my new restaurant. And it, it became, honestly, I never put any sales or marketing in that first like year. It was all word of mouth. It was basically word of mouth. I didn't really have any competition. I mean, there was nobody that was doing chef driven quote unquote, healthy food, right? I was, I was using my like Southern Italian and Northern Spanish cuisine, but I was making it organic and gluten-free and um, cleaner and paleo. And I had a lot of raw and vegan stuff offerings. And so I also was really good friends with the previous owner and she had owned the previous restaurant for at least eight years. That was already a huge community of those followers of her was called planet earth. So I also had a lot of planet earth customers that are automatically excited to come in. So it was, it was, I was very blessed from the beginning. It was a rare, that's a rare start to be honest. 
Yeah, it's funny. I think when you are familiar with most beach communities, there's a lot of health conscious people. And it seemed like the source was a very natural fit in a health conscious beach community. Mm -hmm. So running a business, as we know, you could potentially be working 24 seven if you wanted to. How have you found a balance now that you've had the source for a while with your wellness and the business? Do you have like a set practice you do every day? Or what are some tools that keep you grounded? Great. This is one of my favorite questions ever. So I would say for at least the first five years, I had zero work-life balance and my spiritual practices were second. Okay. I was self-sacrificing and over-adjusting myself and I was a people pleaser and I did not know how to say no until I started to work with a coach that trained changed my life. And I started to realize that I need to stop giving my power away and that I deserve to have peace and like time off and my mental health and spiritual health is, is the most important. And so that goes in, I think with people that are listening that are entrepreneurs and that overwork, that it's, it was a big um, lesson and practice and healing journey for not being a martyr and putting myself first and realizing my inherent worth. And so now today my spiritual practice is my non-negotiable. And what I do is, first of all, I surround myself with, I have an amazing business partner and I have an amazing staff and I have very clear, clear boundaries and I get up early. So I go to bed early and I get up early. And so now my morning routine looks like this. Meditation is the first thing I do after I drink my lemon water and all my little elixirs I have in the morning. But I sit down and do my 20 minute meditation. I'll do some visualizations or a quick little maybe pages in my journal. And then I am really into biohacking. So I have a lot of tools at my house. So what I do in the morning is first I'll do some Tai Chi kind of stretches from this program that I'm trained in that open up our organs and our chakras. And I'll do that. And then I have a cold plunge I built. So I cold plunge and I have a red light that I stand in front of and I dry brush. So that's, that's my morning routine. And now if my, if I don't have time for all that, I'll always meditate, stretch and, and cold plunge and have a couple prayers and like set, what is my intention for the day? Because if I'm not grounded and I don't take that time for myself and commit that self-love to myself, I'm not going to be able to go out and show up for any of my team members, my staff, my business partner, but also it's really hard, especially especially people that are listening, that are stress eaters, chronic overworkers, they're dealing with a lot of chronic stress. If you're not taking any time for yourself, it's really impossible to show up for yourself. And it was impossible for me to make healthy, nourishing choices to fuel my body. Even to this day, if I just get up out of bed and brush my teeth and run into work, I am tired. I'm not grounded. I'm not connected to my body. I might now just start mindlessly putting food in my mouth because I'm tired and I don't know what to do. So it's um, honestly, Tiffany, it's, it's finding some sort of spiritual practice or faith. And that's like different for everybody, whatever that means. And even if it's 10 minutes in the morning on the toilet, shutting the door, right. Of like closing your eyes and saying five things you're grateful for or in a two minute meditation, like just like not being on your phone first thing in the morning, checking emails in bed. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I love that. So, you know, if, uh, I think people will see, you know, after our interview or if they're familiar with you, you just have this like 
vibrance and radiance about you. And I'm Thank sure you. your your beautiful diet plays a part in that. But I was wondering if you could share a bit about we we kind of touched on it a bit, but about your self love journey and for women who are struggling with their own body image worth where would you recommend they even start with that if it feels so far out for someone yeah it's so far out it was really far out for me so I can give you a couple little points this is a big question so let's see first I do believe so if you're if you're if someone's listening and they're like gosh I'm I I mean I was at a point in my life where I couldn't list anything that I loved about myself this was about 10 years ago and I couldn't even look at my body naked in the mirror I was so uncomfortable in my own skin it really wasn't even about my weight it was just my own skin and the first thing that had to happen for me is I had to find some sort of faith and again spiritual practice because I needed to ask for some sort of help to be able to accept the body that I'm in right now. And so the first step to loving yourself, you've got to surrender and accept that the body you have right now today on this Monday is the body that you have right now. And it works 24 seven for you all day long. That's the first thing. And from there, you can start to make small little, you know, okay, today a self-care practice would be, I'm going to take a bath or I'm going to take a nap or I'm going to look in the mirror, starting at my face and then down to my shoulders and start to really like fake it till you make it like, God, I'm so grateful for this amazing body. And so there's a ton of self-care practices and self-love practices I could go through, but I do believe you have to get into acceptance first. If you're not in an acceptance about where you're at right now, it's going to be really impossible to love your body. But I always find that self-love and having some sort of I don't want to say unhealthy relationship with food, but if someone's struggling with not loving their body, there's probably something around their food that is probably a little imbalanced. And so it's hard to love yourself when you're not nourishing your body and fueling your body, right? Because food makes you feel so good or it can make you feel so crappy. So always you can too look at like when a symptom comes up, you know, when symptoms come up around, oh, I hate my butt or my stomach, or I want to eat these 12 cookies and I hate my butt. That's all just a symptom. So the biggest thing towards self-love is like when these voices start coming up, this is just a, some, a symptom of a root cause of something deeper. And honestly, self-love, the path, it's, it's, it's the pathway and process of diving, diving really deep and going inward, right? Of like, why do I want to stress eat right now? Why do I want to overeat? And why is this, why am I attacking my beautiful body right now? And there's always something there. Oh, okay, I don't want to have that honest conversation with my partner, or I'm not happy in my job, or I haven't spoken my truth to this person. And it's, you know, I haven't, yeah. So it's a first journey is get into acceptance and start to really like journal when stuff comes up, like what really is going on in your life. Yeah, yeah I, I love that because I think, it's easy to say, okay, well, when I lose that five pounds, then I'm going to feel happy. Or when I get that perfect partner, then I'm going to love myself or yeah. what always moving the goal to something else and yeah. never being and present. It, and you know what, Tiffany, all that stuff is external and you can lose the five. I mean, I've coached women that have lost five to 50 pounds and they're still sad and miserable. And the person that's found their partner and they're still miserable because it's all in, it's all inner. It's all inward work. <laughs> it's where the, yeah. You know, it's, it's just, you've got to go inward. And then from there you can start to attract the partner and more money and the life you want to manifest and the body you want and 
fueling your body with the right food and loving your body. And, but it is definitely a journey. It's something I coach and help women uh, with. It's, I am, it's, yes, I'm passionate about helping and make a difference in people's lives through food about what we eat one meal at a time. But I also am a mind body eating coach from the Institute for the psychology for eating. And so one of my biggest passions is coaching women on how to create a healthy relationship with food and their body, learn to love their body. And it's a, you know, it's a big journey. Yeah. I love that. That's so beautiful and needed. And I think you're right. It's about digging deeper to find it. And sometimes it can be scary and almost the food or the weight or the alcohol or whatever can just be a lot easier, but. Oh, it's terrifying. (laughs) We can just numb. It's so much easier to numb with alcohol, caffeine, sugar, food, money, or sex. And that's what I did. It's, it's much easier. Yeah. Hide behind that. Yeah. I've been there too. Yeah. Yeah, it's easier. But I think in order to truly love ourselves, we're going to have to dig deeper and get to that root cause. There it is. <laughs> what is there a book or a podcast or tools that are just easy for people to access that have really helped you along your journey? Sorry, you broke up a little. What'd you say? Is there a book or a podcast or a tool someone can easily access that has really helped you along your journey? Okay, I have I have a couple books. Let's see. Um, Free for Life, which is a book, how to remove accumulated life, time of stress and trauma from the body. It's my coach and the modality I'm trained in. That will kind of shed light of how much we hold in our body. Also, Healing by David Elliott was one of the first books that I I probably gave 20 copies of that book to a bunch of my girlfriends. And it's all about self-love. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. It's amazing. He even introduces breath work. And if you're looking, the third book I would say would be uh, Julia Cameron's uh, Morning Pages. Julia Cameron, no, sorry, it's called The Artist Way. So Julia Cameron's The Artist Way is all about healthy boundaries and creating self-love and taking time for yourself and spiritual practices. That is a profound book, Healing by David Elliott, and then Free for Life is basically a book on how to create inner peace and outer freedom. And it's, it's amazing. Um, those are the three, the three books. And then the podcast that if you're, if they're, if you're listening, it's more of overall holistic health. It's not necessarily about just body, but it's everything. If you're, if someone's listens like, Oh, I want to eat better and feel better in my body, but I don't know what to do. Um, heal thyself with Dr. G is a really great podcast and he'll, it's very holistic from what laundry detergents to toothpaste, to self-love practices, to the food that you eat, to the emotions we carry to. Yeah. It's, it's really good. I love those. Thank you. You're welcome. And so is there anything you wish more people knew about you? Well, I'm actually right now transitioning into a little bit of a different healer role. I heal people with food for sure for the healing properties of the source cafe. And my cookbook is out sexually nourishing food. Um, but I'm also starting to work on, well, I graduated from, um, from the Institute for the psychology for eating. I'm a mind body eating coach. Nobody really knows that. And then I'm also trained in a modality called true body intelligence that removes a lifetime of accumulated stress, trauma, and tension from the brain body system and nervous system and um, cells. And that's that work right there has had a profound impact in my health journey. And so I'm kind of fusing that now along with my chefing of helping people create a healthy relationship with. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
That sounds so amazing. Could you just share like a little tidbit about that program for people that are unfamiliar and if they're interested? Sure. So the mind body eating coaches coaching program, I take a mind body heart soul approach to eating and people usually come to me that want to lose weight or they don't like their body, but we'll start with the food. We literally start with like, what's let's get to the, to the root and that's in person or that's zoom. And then the true body intelligence work is basically the goal. The end goal is to remove any blocks in our body that is, are keeping us trapped from being living our most authentic self and authentically expressing ourselves. It, what happens is we store a lot of accumulated trapped emotions and stress in the body. We can talk it out all day long with therapists and mentors. And I do, but until we really get into the body and remove it, that's really when we can start to transmute and change and become whole. And so it's ba- the work is based on the 60 meridians and Chinese medicine. And there's a spiritual energetic component, and but there's a physical com- component where I'm stretching and walking on the body. And it's big work in my life. I started it four years ago with my coach and my, he cracked me open. My life completely changed. I took back all my power and all my relationships, let go codependency. It really helps the work helps you relate to yourself and people differently, um, builds intuition and intelligence, helps you create a pain-free body, abundant energy, a peaceful heart, a calm mind and grounded emotion. So it's kind of a little blurb about it, but I'm very passionate about it because of how much my life changed. And I got trained in it about two years ago. And it's something I'm fusing along with my biohacking practices and helping people fuel their body with the right food. So Yes, that sounds amazing. And then if someone is interested in doing that with you, would they just reach out to you on your website? Yes, they can actually, I have an email on my website, or they can um, reach me at amber at the source cafe.com or through Instagram at chef amber LA. So I always get DMS. um, There is a link on my website. Okay, I'll make sure to include all that information. And it sounds like such a beautiful program. Thank you. Amber, I want to take, thank you so much for your time today. I think you're so inspiring and the beautiful work you are doing. And I can't wait to hopefully do a class with you in person in the next uh, couple of months. And thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Tiffany. Really appreciate it. Thank you.